Israel at war. South Florida on guard. Families here trying to connect there. And South Florida lawmakers scrambling to support despite drama in D.C. The people, the politics, as it happens this hour. Also, change at the top. Because I think we need to act with urgency, it sounds like. Broward College's new board taps a new temporary president after the former's abrupt exit. What happened and what's next? Live and breaking a special edition of This Week in South Florida. Good morning to you. I'm Glenna Milberg. And as we come on the air, the number of dead and missing is rising by the hour in one of the countries where the news is local to South Florida. Some of the newest images from in the air and on the ground from cities in Israel and the wartime response in Gaza. Israel's security cabinet this morning authorized significant military steps as its number of dead rises. In the neighborhoods and on the streets, elderly were shot to death at a bus stop. Young people were dragged screaming. Families murdered or held hostage in their own homes. It is unprecedented uh, for, for Israel to have so many of us, our civilians and service members in the hands of a jihadi terrorist organization. But I can say, unfortunately, that we are talking about substantial numbers. It's not one or two. And uh, that will, of course, be a very, have a very heavy influence on future decision making. In South Florida and around the world, the shock has not worn off from the stunning mass attack. Hamas, the government of Gaza, recognized as a terror organization, rained a barrage of rockets on unsuspecting Israeli neighborhoods at dawn Saturday, overwhelming the Iron Dome defense and giving cover to swarms of armed men infiltrating Israel's borders, literally going into neighborhoods door to door, to kill and kidnap families. This planned and coordinated terror attack unprecedented in Israel's 75-year history, as is the response underway. South Florida's ties to Israel are strong. Families, businesses, and on the front lines of that, Israel's Consul General in Miami. Maor Elbaz-Starinsky right here with us this morning. Consul General, Beyond grateful for your time this morning and beyond words for support and condolences, we are with you. I know you've been getting that from around South Florida and everyone who is feeling the impact of what is transpiring right now. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Glenn. I know this is very hard. Um, I, I want to start. You are the front line of our news right now. Bring us what is going on. What is the latest that you're hearing right now? Well, the latest number, and unfortunately, it keeps rising, and it will, it will keep rising in the next few days, maybe weeks, is at 677 murdered people, mm. as you mentioned, elderly, kids, women, pregnant women, more than 100 that are missing, probably held hostage, including children, including whole families. Um, we still have militant terrorists going around Israeli territory, 
So this is a very dynamic situation. It is a very dynamic. We are, we are not we are not even at the first batter of of the first inning. Mm -hmm. This is this is how how we see it. It's 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 developing. It will develop, and we are uh, going into a very gruesome time in battle ahead. Uh, which we will talk all about, and, and I want this conversation in the next few minutes for us to be a bit wide-ranging and go into a couple of levels, but I, I really want to start out with, I know over the past 24 hours, to bring messages home, I think a lot of people have been referring to this as Israel's 9-11. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that comparison. I'd like you to address that. 9-11 was an event on a day, uh, to your point right now, this is just starting it is just starting but but the way the this attack has been carried out and its magnitude and the numbers that are are, are unfolding are unprecedented just as much as 911 uh, was we are unfortunately we know we know terror we have been fighting uh, for our existence and and for our survival and for our independence for the past 75 uh, 75 years and we've been pretty successful in that but uh, the war on, on terror, a global war on terror, but certainly the war on terror that Israel has, has, has performed, uh, it's something that we were constantly uh, uh, occupied with. But this event is of a different scale, uh, both in its success and, and, and numbers, uh, and, both in the, and also in the, in the fact that they have gone into Israel in the hundreds. They have murdered in the hundreds. They have kidnapped in the tens, maybe in the hundreds. They have held hostages at homes, at villages, at, at army bases. This is no regular terrorist organization. This is a trained and armed army proxy of Iran in our region. So, so let's talk about that because it was moments yesterday after this started hitting the worldwide airwaves that the Prime Minister came out and said Israel is at war. To your point, the world watches flare-ups of violence and what appears to be smaller wars going on. Why is this now characterized as war? when others, and at least five with militants in Gaza over the past few years, why is this Terrorists a, in Gaza. Why is this a war? Well, I think maybe we should, we should if, if I have one or two minutes, to, to go back and a little bit on, on the, on the not-so-far-away uh, history and, and, and remind the, the, our, our listeners, our, our, our uh, audience, that Israel has withdrawn from Gaza in 2005 and have given them the opportunity to, to, to form a, a, an almost independent uh, uh, entity and to prosper economically and socially. And, and after Hamas took over just a year later, they have made it a safe haven for terrorists, a hornet nest for, for uh, terrorist activities uh, uh, perpetrated against Israel and the front base of Iran against Israel in the southern part of Israel. Now, they have performed many, many terrorist activities, uh, 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 acts. They have shot thousands of rockets, but we were always determined to, to promote the, the livelihood 
and to improve the livelihood of the Gazans. We are not in fight or in war with the Gazan people, with the Palestinians. But the, the truth is they, are take, they were taken hostage by the terrorist organization and this, this uh, uh, event, this attack that was carried out yesterday shows that there is no other solution other than smash this snake's head. So, so let me, let's talk about that because a lot of people, I mean, you watch social media, a lot of people uh, consider Gaza, despite being its own government, and Hamas is that government, as being blockaded by Israel. And for Israel's safety, I think that is the, the context of it. But there are people who look at Gaza as impoverished and, and held prisoner. And yet now there are tens of thousands of dollars worth of weaponry and armed people. A and that is kind of a, it's hard to understand how all of this money for weapons is there when the money that Hamas spends on its actual people is not. So to your point, if Iran is behind this and Iran has been arming and fortifying, how has Israel and the United States as the most sophisticated intelligence in the world among them. How did no one notice that? Well, you, you, have, you have combined a few I questions yeah, that needs to be addressed. Maybe. Let, me start, let me start off with your last, uh, last question. This is, of course, a very valid question that we will have the time to answer and to inquire and, and to make sure that such a thing cannot happen again. We're on our side. But this is not the time now. Now it's the time to fight back. Now it's the time to bring these people, this perpetrator to justice. Now it's time to save the hostages and now it's the time to once and for all dismantle the terrorist infrastructure in, in, in the Gaza Strip. But in general, if I go a little bit backward, I, I recommend people to rely less on social media, less on TikTok in general, and learn a little bit more about what has been done in, 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 in the Gaza Strip or, or elsewhere. And, and the truth is, and the facts show that hundreds of millions of dollars have been flowing into the Gaza Strip, not only for Iran, but mainly for, for Iran, that have been used to to, to arm themselves, to uh, uh, fortify themselves, and only to, to be able to execute this kind, of course, of heinous uh, attack on Israel, but throughout the years, uh, a, a threat and, and target uh, Israeli civilians, Israeli uh, military. The sole purpose of their existence is to kill Israeli and Jewish people. And, and mind you, one more sentence, one last sentence. I, I uh, do not accept the word blockade on Gaza. Tens of thousands of Gazans are working or were working in Israel every day. We're crossing uh, the different crossings. Tens of thousands of uh, tons of, of uh, supplies were going into the Gaza Strip every day through, through crossings. They had an upper border with Egypt. They have a maritime border in which they can go out, they can go fish. So I don't accept the, the, the blockade and certainly uh, um, Certainly, they have, they have not taken advantage of the opportunity that I've had to develop uh, the place into uh, uh, Gaza, into a place where uh, uh, other entities, other countries want to have normal relationship with. It was and still is a vicious terroristic entity. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about Hamas and how Hamas does not represent all Palestinians. Uh, we will take a quick break and we will be right back with the Consul General.
are back with the Israeli Consul General in Miami, Maor Elbaz Starinsky. Mm-hmm. I want to just wrap up a little bit of what we were talking about before because Hamas, to your point, the U.S. considers a terror organization the government of Gaza. There are Palestinian Israelis that I'm not sure people understand the complications in Israel who live in Jerusalem, who live in the way, what we know as the West Bank, that are not part of Hamas, a group whose charter dictates the destruction of Israel. And I think that's a very important You're right, it, it, it is. And, and I want to stress again, the Palestinian people are not our enemies. And we are committed to improve their, their livelihood and, and, and social and economic welfare. But the, the Gazans, the Gazan people at the Gaza Strip, the, Gaza, the Palestinians at the Gaza Strip, have been taken hostage by this vicious terrorist organization that, as you said, his charter called for the destruction of the state of Israel. So it's not whether we can negotiate peace. It's not about territory. It's about human values and about democratic values and about the values that we uphold, that we share, that we, that we live and die for, that they do not respect, they do not accept, they reject. And, and that's the fight that they are, that they are uh, uh, perpetrating against us. And, and, and mind you, not only against us, against, against everything that we believe and live for. It's, it's not only, it's, uh, we are there, but we are, we are just the front line probably of, of the Western civilization in this vicious fight against this uh, radical and, uh, terrorists. So let me use that as a segue to bring it back. I mean, this is uh, our, our audience could be worldwide on the web, but we have a very local audience and a very supportive South Florida audience of Israel and its people of all the diversity there. And I wonder what, Consul General, what can South Florida do for you and Israel at this moment? Well, I have to say I'm overwhelmed, Lena, by the support affection love that 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 uh, has has outpoured on us in general the support and love that the jewish people the state of israel is 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 receiving here in in florida and in start florida in particular but in in this you know day day and a half since since the uh, uh, war uh, broke i'm i'm really overwhelmed moved touched by, by everything that I, all the phone calls, all the uh, statements. Uh, I, yesterday I spoke with the governor, I spoke with the lieutenant governor, I spoke with the senators, with, the, with Congress people, and they all were so decisive on their support of the state of Israel, on our uh, right of way, on our right to defend ourselves, on our duty to, to defend ourselves. And not only that, on their commitment, not only to the, to the state of Israel, which I, treasure and appreciate, but also over here to the safety and security of the Jewish communities over here. And it's no secret that anti-Semitism is on the rise. And even, even, even today and tomorrow, there are all kinds of arrangements made to hold rallies against, against Israel. And they are dealt in the most decisive way by, by the governor's office, by FDLE. And I cannot be thankful enough for all the support that I've been receiving from both sides of the aisle, Israel is not a political issue, Democrats, Republicans, Israel is an issue, as you said, local. It's in everybody's heart and mind here. In-
Florida. I, I was going to make a point that uh, we have Carlos Jimenez, congressman from Miami. He's a great friend. Of, uh, well, he will yeah. be with us next. He's but incredible. What I, what I really key in on is that Israel is one of those issues that is a completely bipartisan unifying issue to Democrats and Republicans, especially in South Florida. Not 100% across the country, but uh, Florida, in South Florida is exceptional. Yes. Exceptional. And, and so I, I want to, again, sort of reiterate that question. Are you looking politically for any new law, new, any resolution, any new money? What would that look like? Well, I can, I can tell you already that things are happening in D.C. Uh, that are led by uh, federal uh, elected officials, also from, from Florida. Uh, of course, support Israel militarily and politically and diplomatically and uh, uh, with uh, uh, further, further uh, uh, funding of, of Iron Dome in interceptors. And uh, in the end of the day, we're talking about a, a, long, a long fight that is waiting ahead. And we need the support, we need to have the time, and the U.S. has the power to, to make sure that we have this time to take care of this uh, uh, problem. But I can also say over here in Florida, not only in, in D.C., over here in Florida, we already uh, uh, know about all kinds of rallies that are happening led by elected uh, officials. Just last couple of months ago, I was speaking at the Senate of of, of uh, Florida, uh, invited by the, the minority leader, Senator Book, and hosted by uh, the president of the Senate, Pasidomo. As you said, Israel is a bipartisan issue, and I cannot be thankful enough for the support, overwhelming, staunch support that we're receiving here in Florida. Are you at all, as you watch, I mean, it, you know, the House, we'll talk about with Congressman Jimenez next, the House is leaderless at the moment. Uh, and so the question remains on what can be done. But do you watch the controversy over Ukraine funding and that long term? And does that does that worry you at all when it comes to Israel? Well, of course. Well, if we had this interview a week ago, maybe my answer. Different world. Yeah, then. exactly. It was a different. Just three days ago was a different world. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the setting would be, uh, or the pretext would be a little bit different for for. For, for, this, for this answer, but in the end of the day, I think, no, I don't think, I know that uh, Israel is beyond any contemporary conflict or uh, political uh, discussion. Israel is a matter of deep, solid, genuine beliefs in almost everybody, if not everybody's hearts and minds. The support of Israel is not something random. It, is, it comes because Israel, the support of Israel contributes directly to the U.S. welfare, to the U.S. success, to the U.S. security, national security. Israel's security is the U.S. national security. We cannot detach these things. We cannot and we should not detach these things. We fight over there in the Middle East. We fight Iran. We, f we fight Syria. We fight Hezbollah and we fight Hamas and we fight wherever we need, but in the end of the day, this is everybody's fight. And we've been saying for years that whatever you don't take care of Lebanon, of, of Iran, this weapon will reach elsewhere. This is not only, and we see it with the drones now that have been attacked, that have been used yes. against Ukraine. 
And I think that's probably why it's so incumbent on people to really try to learn the complicated politics that is the Middle East. Consul General, thank you so much. I know this is a beyond difficult day for you, and I'm grateful for your time, and I hope you will keep in touch with us. Thank you, Glenna. All right. All right, coming up next, South Florida lawmakers, as we've been talking about, bipartisan and unified in support for Israel. But that drama in D.C. may hamper help. We will ask Congressman Carlos Jimenez live here next. With the eyes of the world on what is unfolding in Israel right now, South Florida's members of Congress are united and unwavering in support. But the U.S. House is in the middle of its own drama, a vacancy of leadership. Congressman Carlos Jimenez, Republican from Miami, right here via Zoom with us. Hello, Congressman. How are you doing, Glenna? You know, I thought we'd be having a very different conversation when we spoke about yeah. this a couple of days ago. And, and we can talk about that in a moment. But I, I really 
want to start out with, I'm not sure if you were able to hear our conversation with the Consul General. You yeah. and so, so many of the congressmen and women have been so supportive, but you in particular have been uh, really taking a, a leading role in Israel's support. In fact, in May, you had proposed connecting and combining and, and uh, joining law enforcement efforts. I, I want to get your take on how you think intelligence failed yesterday morning. Well, look, I think we're, we're, um, we're, we're focusing in too much on intelligence failure right now. We're in the middle of a war. Uh, these are terrorists, obviously have gone into, into Israel. They're murdered hundreds of people. Uh, how, how Hamas was able to pull it off uh, by surprise, that's going to be something we're going to have to look into and see what happened and, and how it happened. But uh, right now, we're more focused on how Israel can defend itself and Israel's right to defend itself and how we can help here in the United States, especially in Congress, to make sure that uh, Israel comes out victorious and that uh, this never happens again, uh, or at least to this scale. They are at war. When somebody launches 5,000 rockets at you, yeah, that's a war. Yeah. And my, uh, my fear is that the Northern Front will be opened up by Hezbollah. Uh, they have estimated well over 100,000 rockets. And so, you know, uh, let's pray for Israel, but also let's give Israel the tools that they need and the support that they need to carry out this fight and carry out the victory. Uh, and in fact, I, we have some uh, intelligence this morning that Hezbollah in the north has taken at least some credit for one attack in the north on Sheba Farms, uh, and that, that'll be developing today. But um, this, so this operation, Israeli operation, is underway. Uh, as you heard, it is predicted to be pretty brutal, and there are some that think that Hamas does provoke Israel into that to use that for their own propaganda. I, sure. I wonder if you could specify what you're talking about. What would you support as, as a response? How far would you go with money, support, and possibly military? Can you say? Well, look, I don't think that, the, that Israel needs uh, our military support. They need arms, they need weapons, they need uh, additional Iron Dome uh, missiles, uh, anti-rocket missiles, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, and, and our support. I think Israel has the capability, the capacity to defend itself. However, if it ever comes a time where Israel needs our help, I'll, I'm certainly there. Israel is our strongest ally in the Middle East. They share our values. And I am extremely pro-Israel, and I always have been, and I always will be extre extremely pro-Israel. I'm concerned that, uh, yes, we do have strong bipartisan support right now, but there's a growing number of uh, people on the other side of the aisle that are not supporting Israel. You'd be surprised at how many uh, no votes we get when we, uh, when we put out uh, um, resolutions in support of Israel, and that, grow and that number is growing, and that's concerning me. But for right now, there is strong bipartisan support for the state of Israel, especially from all of the representatives down here in South Florida. I, I was going to say, the, those no votes never come from South Florida, not, no, not North Carolina. No, yeah. no, they don't. No. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought we would be talking all about the departure of the speaker. And uh, you, from the get-go, were a team, McCar team McCarthy guy. And, um, and we talked a lot about that this week. But in context of what we are talking about today with all this breaking news, the absence of a speaker, you go back to Washington on Tuesday? Tuesday. No, tomorrow we go back tomorrow. They're going to have some kind of a, a, a forum tomorrow for the members. So tomorrow you'll be hashing out whether you can go back in those chambers and, and have support for somebody to fill that seat. But in the absence, what can 
Congress do without a speaker besides a resolution? There can't be policy, there can't be funding. What, what can be no, done? There can't even be a resolution. Uh, we can't take anything to the floor. So once uh, we don't have a speaker, that's it. Things stop. Maybe some committees can continue to do their work at research, et cetera. But nothing can come to the floor without a Speaker of the House. And that, that's why the actions of Matt Gates were so reckless. Uh, and look, look where we are today. Now we are a rudderless House. Uh, now we have to scramble to find a, uh, a leader. Now, I'm not looking for a new leader. I got a leader. His name is Kevin McCarthy. And if we can somehow convince Kevin McCarthy to reconsider his decision not to run or seek office again, I'm voting for Kevin McCarthy. So, and so just, I'm not convinced anybody else. Just hearing yeah. that and, and watching what other people are saying in interviews, it seems like there's going to be a great big impasse and a lot of time here. Listen, um, the last thing we do need is, is an impasse. But the facts are 210 Republicans voted to maintain or keep Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Eight did not. I think it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to convince eight to change their vote than it is to try to find a who is it going to be? Is it going to be Steve Scalise or is it going to be Jen Jordan? Two men, which I, I, I highly respect, but I don't respect them as much as I respect our, you know, our former speaker. He is our leader. And so I would hope that he would reconsider and come back. And I think that he would have broad support. And it's just a question of can we get those eight to change their mind or at least four of them to change their mind? And then we can move on. But we also need to change that rule. That rule for one member to do a motion to vacate is insane. We've demonstrated how insane it really is. And we need to change that rule. And so any way that we move forward, the rule has to change. And if I had my druthers, I'd like to see Kevin McCarthy back in that seat. I want to ask you something I asked the Consul General. From your perspective, uh, part part of what the House is going through right now is over Ukraine funding and the controversial components of that. But now that in the last 24 hours, the game has changed in the Middle East and because of a strong support for Israel, do you think Ukraine funding and that fight portends anything for the Israel support or vice versa? Now, I don't think that, look, there's strong bipartisan support for Israel. And also, there's strong bipartisan support for funding Ukraine. Look, as much as people, you know, I, I don't like the, the, some of the things that are being said about, about Ukraine, et cetera. But at the end, if we pull out of Ukraine now, then all of our security partners around the world will say, whoa, is the United States, you know, what kind of security partner is the United States? And by the way, Ukraine is holding our second greatest adversary at bay with 5% of our defense spending. And I think that's pretty good value, but uh, no, one has no, no bearing on the other. Ukraine, Israel, there are two separate issues. I am very, very pro-Israel, always have been, and I'm pro-freedom. Uh, and, and if Ukraine has the will to fight, which they do, and they're holding the, the Soviet Union or the old Soviet Union, Russia at bay and making gains against them, an aggressor that's trying to conquer their land, and I think we as the United States who love freedom, need to support them. We're not shedding our blood, they're shedding their blood. They're saying, just give us the weapons. I think we should, uh, I think it's a good investment. Uh, Israel, separate story. You know, I'm gonna go to the wall for Israel. Congressman Carlos Jimenez, I promised to get you out at noon. I missed that mark, but not, by not too many minutes. And I thank you for your time this morning and we have a lot more to talk about, so I know you'll be back. No, thank you. All right, talk about South Florida ties to Israel. So many there from here, and we will connect with one young woman if her situation allows when we come back.